Hello, welcome to the edited version of Josie and Robin's Book Shambles. If you'd like to hear the full version of this conversation, then you can go to cosmicshambles.com slash bookshambles and become one of our Patreon supporters, uh, which you can do for as little as $1 an episode. That's one US dollar, and obviously it will depend on which of our economies is declining more, uh, how much that actually works out in pounds, uh, euros, etc. Hello, welcome to Book Shambles. This week is an Elena Ferranti special. Uh, Josie obviously has spent three or so years uh, talking about how much she loves the Neapolitan novels. So we thought we'd do an Elena Ferranti special with two other big fans of her work. So Josie is joined by Sarah Pascoe and Tanya Edwards to chat about those but first a reminder that the brain yapping podcast has debuted this week the first two episodes are out now hosted by dr dean burnett who's been a regular on book shambles and science shambles and journalist rachel england it's a ramshackle walk through neuroscience uh and a look at how science really works basically uh, we think it's a lot of fun. Uh, the first episode is all about how you forget uh, the same thing over and over and over. And then the second episode is about uh, like aggressive cuteness, like why when you see a kitten you go, I want to crush it, or some people do. Anyway, uh, there's also a lot of chat about Clippy from the old Microsoft Word. So that is out now. Cosmicshambles.com slash brain yapping is where you will find all the links to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and SoundCloud and RSS feeds and everything else for that. Some other news this week, if you missed it, we have launched our Cosmic Shambles Network online shop where you can get our Book Shambles book bags and T-shirts and our signed copies of Robin's book, Comic books, all sorts of stuff, cosmicshambles.com slash shop. Do go and check that out. And make sure you're signed up to our newsletter, uh, which you can do from cosmicshambles.com. We've announced lots of new projects uh, in the last week. We're doing uh, some stuff as part of International Women's Day with the Cosmic Superheroes up at Manchester University. Uh, we're touring a, a play that we've been working on with the Footprint Theatre Company out of... Sheffield, who we uh, met at the Edinburgh Fringe last year. All sorts of other stuff as well, so sign up to the newsletter. And also, if you are on Patreon, uh, and also don't forget to support everything we do at Cosmic Shambles via Patreon, patreon.com slash bookshambles. You can pledge as little as a dollar a month to support what we do on there, including the Book Shambles podcast, or get yourself something from the online shop. As always, if you are a Patreon supporter, you get an extended version of each and every episode. This week's uh, features an extra, a whole extra 20 minutes of conversation between Josie and Sarah and Tanya. So head to Patreon and pledge to get access to that. And now on to this week's episode. Here is Josie with Sarah and Tanya. <music> Um, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Robin and Josie's Book Shambles. Or, for the only time ever, Josie's Book Shambles. Robin's not here. He's not read, done the reading, which obviously has not stopped me on other podcasts. But nonetheless, he's, there's no science in this podcast. There's no... Well, there's expert analysis from the guests, not from me. I'm just here to chat. 
Um, uh, today's is a special on uh, Elena Ferranti, in particular the Neapolitan novels, which if you've listened to the show before, you'll know that I absolutely went crazy about and tried to shoehorn into every podcast for about a year and a half. Um, and I have fantastic guests with me. I have Tanya Edwards and Sarah Pascoe, who both love the books as well. Yes. Um, Elena, Elena Ferranti heads. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, you've both read more than just the Neapolitan novels. I've read her, her, some of her novellas. Yeah, uh, and what would you recommend them on the same level you'd recommend? Well, it's interesting because a lot of them are prototypes for stories in the Neapolitan. I was going to say that, and yeah. I think that if you're going to read Ferranti, it's a great gift to be able to go straight to her yes. masterpiece, yeah. and then out of interest mm. go back to her earlier works, like a train yeah. spotter being like, yeah. "Oh, I see." Yes. She was, but I, I think, think you in... already have to be really engaged with her. Because I think if you if you say if at an airport you picked up one of the novellas, I don't think you'd then go. I need to read everything she's ever written. Mm. But if you read those books, then you you do feel that way. Which of your novella, of the her novellas did you like best? Out of curiosity. Well, I, firstly, I did a terrible thing because you know when you you buy someone a book without reading it, I accidentally one of my friends uh, had been cheated on, and I bought her Days of <laughs> Abandonment. <laughs> <laughs> without thinking with the name yeah. <laughs> I know it's I think, like they, I think they thought this would be such a lovely cheer up <laughs> cheer up mate but, and then, but and in then fact you said to her you're not going to be able to cope with this she stopped speaking to me and then and Ooh, I, and, and I, I had done this incredible offence and I said oh I haven't read it and so then I went back and read it and it was the most terrible thing I could have done but, yes it wasn't a good choice this yeah. is like when my dad bought me a book called The Invisible Girl about a, a TV writer a comedy <gasps> TV writer oh, yeah. who was very very ill and died Oh, and, and sort of lost, and it's written by the dad, and it's about how they didn't have a relationship. And I was like, oh, wow. I, I mean, I guess you're doing this because I'm in yes. comedy and you're my yeah. dad, you but think... it does seem a bit of a bleak hint. Yeah. We once had a terrible, terrible row at Christmas when Cheryl, my sister, bought me a book, and it was called How to Kill Your Mother. And it's, it's all, it's a collective, uh, it's a collected, it's a collection of authors' relationships with their parents and some of their work. But my mum saw it and just was like so offended. <laughs> like, what's going on with these? What are you trying to say? You know when everyone's Especially already so drunk? Especially one daughter gifting yeah. it to the other at yes. Christmas in yeah. your house, yeah. actually. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, I made the mistake of getting this one, Elena Ferranti's The Beach at Night, because this is the only one I hadn't read. Yeah. And... You can see if you could. It's a children's see. book, but it's a children's book. It's got pictures in it, and it has a doll on the front. Yeah. And if you open it, it's clearly illustrated, and the writing is big. Yeah. Sure. So I thought, well, as I as this is the only one I haven't read. Yeah. Apart from Frantimalia, who I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah. Frantimalia, I don't know how to pronounce that, and daren't Google how to pronounce it in case I find out who she really is. Yeah. But um. I started reading this to my son, and it's definitely not for children. Oh, so it got to—I got—I was having to skip things out as I read it to. What him. kind of stuff happens? Well, it said, "Oh, this is what happens when the boys get their little dickies out," and I was like, "What?" So oh, I've, never uh, too young to learn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's when you need to get an Uber home, girls. Well, I, I, was, I was excited when it said the mean beach attendant at sunset sings a song. So I thought, this is great. He likes singing, even mine. <laughs> and then it went, open or more, I've shit for your craw, drink up the pee, drink it for me, shh, not a word, only traps are heard, peace will come, we all play dumb. At this point, I just, um, off with your nose. Anyway, I stopped yes. reading those bits out loud, and then it got worse. So that's the one I haven't I'm finished. I'm fascinated with that. It's like, well, yeah. what's she up to? Well, yeah. I, I read The Lost Daughter this yes. weekend, which is my favourite of the yeah, novellas. Yeah, it's my yes. favourite. Oh, hang on. No, I'm thinking of this one. Forget yeah. it. Yes, well, it's the prototype for that. Yes. This is so and exciting. It doesn't go as far. No. And also, you're not as invested in some of the characters, but it's, I mean, it's incredible. I loved that yeah. Lost Daughter because I couldn't believe that I could feel so anxious and sick about something so small. Yeah. And yeah. Um, 
where she manages to achieve everything in the story of the lost child. Yeah. But in a way that's so successful, my mother didn't forgive her for the entire yes. Neapolitan novels after reading number four. She decided yeah. that it discredited the entire series. Oh, gosh. In the same way that she never... It is too horrible. It, she, it is too horrible. Yeah, she never again... Um, we're not allowed to mention Billy Connolly's name in the house. Oh, really? Because What's um, he done? What's he done? <laughs> because, he came in. Yeah. Because down of the, the um, Ken Bigley joke that he made that was oh. brutally taken out of context. Okay. What's Ken what, Bigley? Was he beheaded? Yes. yes. He basically was taking the Mickey out of the media representation, the sort of... Oh, the, des- the sensationalism yeah. and the desperation of, the, you know, the, the titillation behind the sky being threatened with his head. Oh, yeah. And he was mocking that, the, yes. the, us, our titillation, yeah. and said, I'll oh, just get on with it. Only mm. he, he was beheaded that day. Obviously yeah. not because of Billy Connolly's set, but it was taken out of that context mm. and put in the paper and juxtaposed with the murder of Ken Bigley, and now we're not allowed to mention that man's name. And similarly... My I love the fact that you guys were talking about him quite a lot previously. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was really into him. Oh, and well, so, your mother is willing to jettison the things she loves on principle. Yes, Including all of the Neapolitan novels because um, she decided that... um, This is too sad. She refused to even acknowledge that it was too sad. She just said it ceased to be realistic, which is my mother's version of something being too sad. She separates it then from... But I don't don't want us to give away the... Oh, really? I mean, I don't know what to do about this. I think Mm. what I will probably say now, before we go too far, is that we're going to leave we're going to give spoilers for these novels if you haven't read them you should read them first especially the Neapolitan ones definitely because otherwise we don't get to enjoy sort of gossiping about the characters and and kind of talking about the style that's what I would say yeah and so people have had a warning that if they listen on it's I think it's I think it's so unlikely that they'll remember kind of character names and things yeah maybe yeah yeah, and we could. I suppose we could elude, but I'm really up for being like. I also this think the, fi- the the final story. We don't. Yes, we don't have to necessarily. We don't have to explain really what happens. But mind yeah, you, we, happens we so, don't have to spoil. But it happens Sorry, I'm so, so early. eager. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, guys, you're so we're eager talk to about ruin this for everybody. <laughs> I, don't think, really I, don't, I don't think it would ruin it. Like I knew what was going to happen in certain books, like Watership Down. Still enjoyed it. Mm. What happens there? The rabbits die, don't they? You just ruined it for everyone. <laughs> oh, it's not realistic. Oh, yes, I did. I see what I see the trap here. <laughs> I see the trap and I just fell into it. Um, so I, I guess, do you, how should we approach this? Do you want to start, like we could talk about each novel in turn, we could talk yeah. about, a f- I mean, I think it might be easier to sort of talk more thematically, like, yeah. Like, what did you love most about them? Yes. Like, what was your favourite aspect of the books? Yeah. Why did you find them so compelling? So like, quite broad. The first, I think I'm really lucky because um, I read the first one when the first three were out. I don't know how people who had to wait for them to be translated dealt with it. Because I did I have six months in between. Learn Italian. Learned Italian, yeah. <laughs> Do you think there were some people like, I don't speak Italian, but I can give it a go? Uh. Yeah. yeah, you would just have to. So, and so it was great because then I could. I, do you ever have this where you've gone out of reading for a bit, you've just fallen out of it, or you've not been able to get into books, and you think, "Oh, I've lost this thing." Yes. And then a book gets you right back into it, and then suddenly you're just really fast reading again, like mm. you have always been able to pride us. That's what I had with all my day. brilliant friend. Yeah, reading all day, only wanting to read, reading while you're walking around. <laughs> um, yeah, like you do yeah. when you're a child. Yeah, you that's stay it. up all night. Yes. yes that, and exactly also when that. you're like. Oh, this is so annoying. People are keeping me from my book. Yeah. Like, why do we have to yeah, do anything? I can't anything? wait to get home and I'm just going to have a really long bath with my book. <laughs> so my brilliant friend, I had that. And the thing that I really attached to straight away was the friendship between... I, I've i got an intense best 
friendship, which is along the lines of not boy competition, but I guess intellectual ideas, knowledge. That so so that thing really really. And I just realised I'd never, ever heard anything like it being explored. I'd seen it in real life and experienced it, yeah. but I'd not ever had it from an author. Yeah, because I think... I, that's something... Sorry. To no, no, please. That's something what I noticed in retrospect when I read The um, Lost Daughter. Some of the things that she articulates are so... They're so small, really. Yeah. If you were to write them down, competition, yes. yeah. so what? It's yeah. not a duel to death. Mm. But it's something so explicitly described yes. that it makes you embarrassed because you yeah. recognise it yeah. and it's so truthful that it's excruciating yeah. in a yeah. kind of almost claustrophobic way. Yeah, yeah. so that's what I found after adolescence in the stories. Then what I realised is, oh, I'm reading this like I would read a crime thriller, but it's emotions. But I had that same kind of page turning. Yes. I really need to know what's happened. And then It's yeah. like, the mo- yeah, it's like, um, the yes, the emotional world is like, the racy plot yes yeah. and their development like yeah. just also like the development of their lives is yeah. so important but it's sort of like and the big things that happen that would be mm. sensationalist in a different context are actually secondary to the emotional yes, yes. absolutely which is more which is more important I think that's specifically interesting after her friend's marriage when mm. she comes down the stairs after her wedding yeah. night and she's been you know beaten into submission yeah that is less relevant than all of the other things yes. that are being sacrificed. Yeah. Because it's much more honest. And I thought it was fascinating reading her, talking about her writing, how she loves trash. So she loves, like, trashy stories and magazines yeah. and stuff. And she likes the... She's interested in the sort of... The, the passions, the crude passions that fascinate us on a basic level beyond a high literary aspiration. Nice. Take or, a break, chat magazine, yes. love it magazine. Yeah, yeah. and it's, um, <laughs> that I think you can... You can tell she's yeah. she's interested in all of those things, but they also take secondary place. Yeah, but she's not snobby life. about anything that's human. No, exactly, yeah. and she is very snobby about yeah. things that she sees as cliched or dishonest mm. or the. Yeah, that's true. There's nothing in it that, like, this is thousands of pages, and there's mm. no part of it that didn't feel correct and honest. And yeah. also searching, it's like a search for meaning that you're mm. part of. I felt. Yeah, and it all feels incredibly, incredibly real. Like, you feel like you can see people's houses, you can see the shops, you can see the the beach that they've had to travel to. Yeah, Everything. That, yeah. I, I don't even... Uh, my problem is I find it really hard to sort of discuss what in prose does that, mm. like, what achieves that. But, like, I'm thinking about the um, the teacher's house. Yeah. I have such a clear image of yeah. that house in my head. It's so real. But yeah. I don't feel as if there's tons and tons of description. Well, I think that it's, it's always a mixture between... Uh, some description but also projection and I think some writers get it so perfect that it's not Dickensian half a page of oh god yeah, don't yeah. describe sand fucking <laughs> 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 picture of Dorian Gray yeah. which is one of my least favourite novels because he like gives whole pages where he goes the following gemstones were in the drawer <laughs> rubies sapphires and you're like fuck you this well, is I two felt, paragraphs I felt that when I um, read John Updike. Oh yeah, which is one of the few books I've ever decided not to finish. Mm. Oh. I, I can't do that normally. Which book Once was I it? start a book, I have to read it. But um, it was the rabbit one. The oh, first yeah. one. Yeah, the first and one. And it got to the word, like, two pages of literal description mm. of a list, a big list of what was happening on the radio, mm. and I understand it and, <laughs> and I just felt so furious. I I appreciate that these are precursors to where we. Got. Yes, and I think even the long description of what's in the drawer, or the the, yeah. sort of the modernist tendency to list every single thing that happened mm. on the radio, I I get it stylistically. I get it, 
But at the same time, I think that the rewriting is as central to the writing. Mm. In also, most the cases. arrogance of like I uh, the arrogance I respect, <laughs> but the taste I don't. So you you're, you're arrogant. You've got your idea. You're running with it. Yeah. But then arrogance has to be um, tempered by recognition when you're boring. <laughs> you know that it's like I'm fantastic. Oh, but here I'm being boring. And yeah, that is like important. A, a, American Psycho, where he's like, I want to bore you because this person is very boring. So you're going to hear now yeah. about Huey in the Huey in the news for like twenty pages. I haven't read it. I haven't read that either because I knew the bit about the dog and I just didn't. Oh want yeah, to. that's well. I th- well, what? it's like um, do you read Stoner? Yeah, I loved Stoner. But have you read Butcher's Crossing? No, what's that? It's well, the same it's other novel. Oh, okay. And I thought that Butcher's Crossing was one of the most extraordinary novels I've oh, really? read. Why is that? Um, because it's about it's about hunting for the buffalo skins, but it's it's got every single thing that you could possibly want to understand about um, man's desire for man pushing it too far and then okay. destroying everything. What kind of obsession. To yes, the point but of the, all of the good things about yeah. that that force you into discovery and and um, entrepreneurship even, but then destroy everything, mm. including yourself. And I really thought that you should read that. And okay. then I thought, I don't think you would be able to read it because of all of the... They're oh. hunting the buffalo And hides. if I can read Hemingway... Do you know what? I think it was just... It's pretty gruesome. Yeah. I can read, I can read it, it and really then like to tell me how much you suffered. Yeah. No, but also, I just had such a lovely nostalgia. Like, do you remember when we were all reading Stoner? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I never read that, it. What? Oh, what? Never read it, guys. How did you get <gasps> out of that one? <laughs> how did you get like... on public transport without <laughs> a copy of Stoner? I think I was going through... I went through a Richard Jakes phase for about four years. Yeah. Where I just, like, reread the same shit. Okay. And And only wanted to talk about Richard Yates. Okay. And I'm just out of that. I haven't yeah. even heard of it. Richard Yates. You do? He wrote Revolutionary Road. No. Which, don't see the film. Don't see the film. No, I don't watch films. Good. I, I try to, but I can't. Never watch any. <laughs> I've tried so hard. Oh, yeah. Revolutionary Road, it's this very... And, and it's similar in a way to Franti insofar as it's about how somebody can do a very tiny pained expression. Yes. Well, yeah, a pained yeah, expression. Yeah, it's, it's, it's microcosm, that tells macrocosm, yeah. Yes. So, like, he'll start a book by saying... I think he starts Young Hearts Crying by saying something like... Richard was the most interesting man she'd ever met or something like that and you're like oh and then it it, come on brain it's about the difference between what people think they are and what people hope they are and what they actually end up being and so he writes like different which is the best one give me the best one to start with oh god I think probably Josie you bought me one that was four books in one as in it's four of the novels did I? yeah you did what a great friend I read all novels separately because I think then you can Put them you can down. Enjoy Put them them at down. Time. Also, I like a smaller book. If I I find it hard to have a larger book, yes, like yeah. uh, like Robin was saying with a, another book he was reading, like you just get tempted to just cut it and carry it around. Yeah. Well, have you read Robert Musil's The Man Without Qualities, which is still oh, mine? I've got that. One. That's a very long book. But, I have never read it. But Tanya recommended it's your favourite book, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, but I think that that should be ordered in second hand condition. Yeah. You know, second hand condition. Mm. <clears throat> yes, yeah. we all know what second hand is. Yeah, but in separate. Um, volumes. But to be fair, I I think there would be a great um, industry in getting classic books that are very long and selling them 
in, but te- was, in like yeah, but the original way. This was actually written in yeah. separate volumes, and now it's yes. been republished as one massive tome. And yeah. I think sometimes walking around with something as heavy as the yeah. Bible, you think, oh, I could be at home right now studying the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> and or, 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 or it that. looks really pretentious oh, yeah. when you get it out to read it. Oh, yeah. oh. it's like is that, that, that I don't want. I don't care about. But yeah, because I am pretentious. <laughs> that would, that um, would be, really bother me. No, it doesn't bother me at all. I think I've never had. Um, it's very rare that I've been in some kind of public transport mm. situation and. I was reading Adam Kay's oh, yes. book, This yeah. Is Gonna Hurt, which is yeah. hilarious. Yeah. I recommend that for Christmas stockings. Yeah. Also, my sister loved it, and I always oh, think it's a good sign. It's done so incredibly well. I was yeah. laughing yeah. so hard on the train, like so hard, that, and then this, um, I said, to, I had to apologise, and this woman said, oh, my daughter-in-law's reading the same book behind you. Oh. And I, it was really one of those shared things, yeah. when it's not even ashamed, yeah. because it's not something terrible, it's yeah. something great. But I um, think that Robert Musil is better read separately. What do you love about the book? Could you give us a little pressy for people listening who might not have heard of it yet? And uh, Well, it's one of those sort of irritating classical books that you start off reading and think it's kind of wordy. And he is penetrating the spaces in between. It's called The Man Without Qualities. I guess he's trying to work out what existence is all about. I don't really know how to... Dis- you have to read it. So is is it a strong narrative as well as a story? No. Story. No stories. It's that with no story. Oh, no, God. It's not, it's not ex- this is the difference with something like Elena Ferranti. It's a thrilling read. But I, and I don't read fiction so often. I think non-fiction is easier. I've really been trying the last couple of months mm. to read fiction. I've inflicted it on myself, and <laughs> I mostly find it extremely disappointing. But I'm like that with non-fiction. Quite often oh, non-fiction, I'm like, oh, I wish that there was something overarching to this that I could yeah. cling on to. Like, I Barbarian love a story. Barbarian Days. The, that's, read that if you want a non-fiction that you can cling on to. What's wit? What Barbarian days. days. What's that about? Um, it's a guy who writes for The New Yorker and is actually also a surfer. And he won the Pulitzer Prize. Oh, wow. And I've never surfed. And yes. I managed to read that entire book pretending he was only surfing in the sunshine, even though he pretty much explained on every other page that best surfing happens in horrific conditions. <laughs> <laughs> and my baby was about seven months old. And on, I, how were you reading with a seven-month-old baby? I've well, got a six-and-a-half-month-old. I'm barely doing with anything. With difficulty at night. And I oh, had okay. my first crisis, which is coming your way if yours is six-and-a-half months. Seven months, you might find yourself hitting your head against a wall. And My uh, baby wakes up every hour in the hour. Yes, it's going to happen maybe at six months and three weeks. uh, (laughs) But I had this... Also, he says in um, Barbarian Days that if you start surfing after 14, you're basically too late. Oh, like a gymnast. Yeah, and I managed to ignore that too. And spent the whole, however many hundreds of pages... Furious that I wasn't living in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. I completely see what you mean. But it, it yeah. was absolutely grippingly written. Oh my god, what a fantastic book! That's mm. um, fantastic. If you want to read some non-fiction and get really into it, wow, and um, have a crisis, read what, that. What about you? Do you read more fiction or more non-fiction? I alternate. Nice. I alternate. I because of because of writing, I have to do a lot of reading for research. Sure. So actually, I end up reading non-fiction all the time. Yeah. So. Like fiction is my treat like that's my dessert and um uh i i, I, read, I read fiction a lot faster than non-fiction because non-fiction you are reading to go what is relevant here what do i need what don't i understand i need to go back into oh, i really love fiction i was i actually you know my granddad my mom's dad he was always one of those people who just thought there was nothing in fiction for oh. you but i think so much there's so there's so much to learn from fictions it's so well researched that people would write about such incredible things oh yeah that you just get to river. learn about them yeah this this book um oh god what is her name how annoying we did uh uh 
shambles with her. She wrote this book called The Secret River, yeah. which is about um, the start of people trying to colonise... Uh, Kate Grenville, thank you. Okay. I knew it. Uh, the start of people trying to colonise uh, New South Wales, I think, by, yeah. around by Sydney. And I feel as if I was educated so profoundly yeah. about that time in Britain, in yeah. Australia, the style of what happened... Uh, through this like compelling story it felt yeah. so deft yeah what she left with me I, that's reminded me that you haven't told me which of the best of these guides who wrote the revolutionary road which one to start with i would start with revolutionary road but i also think that the easter parade the easter parade is and also i think richard jates is sort of about people who are too sad to keep going or people for whom life is too difficult well that's what elena ferranti was saying in this book how do i pronounce this franti malia is that how I pronounce it? Yeah. I think that's what I would say, but I don't. Um, a writer's journey. And that was another thing I think yeah. that you might have missed in the novellas. Because when you read this one, which is just the very limited correspondence she's had, often unpublished mm. letters yeah. that she didn't send or commentaries on books that were never published. So, for example, there was 10 years between her first novella and her second novella. But apparently in that time she wrote loads of books, but she didn't think any of them were good enough. Yeah. And this is what I mean as well about them being precursors to the masterwork, which is definitely the Neapolitan yeah. novels, yeah. that... I think some of the intricacies of the novellas might be lost in translation. I don't know mm. because I don't speak Italian. Yeah. But I I've, I've definitely find in French, which I do read, that mm. I that it doesn't translate so well. Yeah. And I think that any kind of um, translation difficulties are resolved by the time you get to the Neapolitan novels because yeah. they're, they're abundance of material. Yeah. Does she work with one translator? Yes. Yeah. So she's got a long-standing yes. relationship yeah. with somebody. Or, or that person is very familiar with her. Or they're yeah. obsessed with her. But yeah. she said something very specific in this book, which just referred back to what you just said, and then I got distracted. I forgot oh. what you were talking about. Uh, we'll get back. Um, it's people for whom life is too difficult. <gasps> yes. Well, yeah. she was talking about that in terms of the days of abandonment when the woman is haunted by the vision of the woman who committed suicide. Spoilers, the poverella. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and Olga is, is trying to avoid mm. that path. So she's interested in the reconstitution of the person yeah. in impossible conditions. Well, also, I think how 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 you just get stronger with the things that like you 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 bend and you bend, but you don't break, yeah. and that's what that's the, the Neapolitan books. Jokes. But that's what you you see. What gets layered upon layer is actually yeah. what happens in life. Is there isn't a, when you an don't end just point. escape? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And when you don't jump under the train, Karen. Yes. yes. Although, this is what happens? Yeah. What I would say is that um, Richard Jakes has a novel called Young Hearts Crying, and that is the one that I. I think is most realistic in terms of how life is because it's about three or four young people who all want to be visual artists and about their entire lives and basically at the end they're all like success or failure we're all old now <laughs> <laughs> and it's and but what's good about it is it, you know some you know for about five years one guy's on top yeah. and then for about five years that guy's in the wilderness and they're all just kind of pootling along and, but and so it's, it's more amazing about... that people who are still trying to live right up to the end mm. oh to go into the Ferrante fascination of who she really is that's because when you read the Neapolitan books you think this is an autobiography is it's that... not is it well I, I think it's where she grew up I mean, there are obviously certain things, but it seems so real. I think yeah. what people were desperate for was to go, I know this is you. I know that I've seen all of the, in the novellas, I've seen this growing and the common themes and like, this is you. Whereas when she's talking in Frantimalia, mm. which I still can't say, about why she doesn't want to be identified mm. and the separation between the writer and the work and the distance between how she's trying to close the distance so she's trying to describe things that are true, 
But in order to get to the truth, she's extrapolating from different things. Yeah. So mm-hmm. whilst there are recognisable traits or recognisable situations, they are taken from multiple people and multiple places. Yeah. And she doesn't want one person looking for the book mm. to try and find the bit that's about them, mm. which I think is fascinating because yes. people do that when you're on stage. Yes. They think that you've made that joke about them. Yeah. And you haven't. You're just thrilled yes. for it to come up with a joke. Yeah. Yes, or you're working something out about yeah. how you feel yeah. about but then, you but then, but, so, but human beings evolved to have this... Uh, we are very, very sceptical about being lied to. So we're, we're happy to know we're being lied to and enjoy that it's a fantasy, but we absolutely want to know. And when you set something up as truthful, that's why people have it. They very much want to know. Johnny had that. My yeah. my partner was uh, wrote well co-wrote mm. a one-man show that yeah. he starred in, and it seemed very much like it was oh, his autobiography. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And parts of it are definitely his life yeah. and are definitely his experience, but yeah. it's not strictly his autobiography. Yeah. And some people, when they found that out, were like, well, you lied to well, me. Well, I felt I had the same thing about watching his Christmas show last year. Uh, but that, again, is yeah, loads of it is his Loads life. of it is true. No, but my first thing was asking people, and which bits are true? <laughs> but which bit, that same thing, yeah. because that was, that was in, the, the similarity with both shows is they, they seemed not to have a fourth wall. It's like, hi, audience, I'm this person. We're going to go over here now. This thing's yeah. happening. But she, yeah. she cites Calvin who says mm. I'm happy to make things up for you huh. so I'm happy to give you any information you want but I'm going to change it every time mm. so I'll say I'm 53 and in my next mm. interview I'll say I'm 42 etc etc wow. and she said I'd love to be like Italo Calvino and mm. be able to lie but it's not my thing I don't like lying I like being yeah, truthful she doesn't want to prank so, people yeah, so she's trying to get to the... She says she uses lies all the time in her writing but to, to get to the truth and so she's not interested in well, also it's the truth versus yes, the truth. Says, and I think and some, some, some of it was true yourself. as well about in terms of talking about childhood sexuality and those kind of things. That was why she felt she had to be anonymous because she because she didn't want people to think that that was her or embarrass anyone. Yeah. And also, she said that when you're presenting yourself to the public, especially in the way that media is today, that is already a lie because you're packaging and you're being packaged in a way that is suitable and that is as and far, small and neat. Yes, and that is as far from what she's trying to achieve in her mm. literature as is possible. This of is course. the most extraordinary read. I really do recommend mm. it, and I haven't even finished it. But it's, I would have finished it had I not had to keep rereading bits of it because it's so good. I this is where another sort of parallel with Richard Jakes is drawn, and sort of about generalizations in a way because. Richard Jakes has the same themes come up in all of his books and it's always about a divorce and an absent father and somebody aching for that contact. Mm. And it's about creative anxiety and status anxiety around becoming an artist and about what it means to be a bohemian and things like that. And it's about a mother who was um, very unreliable and very... um, big emotionally pitched mm. and the, then you know you read a biography of him and you're like and it's like his mother was like the mother character yeah, his father's yeah. like this what but, we all want for our children is that they can never write a decent novel yeah I want, <laughs> I want my daughter to be not traumatised enough to want to become a performer that's very important to mm. me but um, the difference is of course he's a man so the analysis of his work is not primarily and had you know it's like the Sylvia yeah. Plath thing isn't it yeah. it's like let's look at Sylvia Plath's life yeah. and show how and not just let's I think that's definitely also a postmodernist um, fashion to authenticate someone's writing by yeah. placing them in yeah. a gender, racial, class structure that undermines everything that it is to have an imagination or empathy. Yeah, but I, I, but I also think because people love working out mysteries, because actually working backwards, I, do, I know it can seem like it's trying to diminish, but actually I think it's people going... 
I, I want to... I remember, did you ever read or study Sarah Kane's plays? Yes. yes. I read, yeah. So Sarah Kane took uh, like a magpie, little s- fragments from everywhere, and the really amazing thing, that we did a crave at university, and I recognised this line, which was from um, the um, Sondheim musical Into the Woods, and and then and then as I, and I did and I asked and I checked and then and then at that point there was a MySpace where you could check Sarah Kane references, huh. and and the th- it wasn't trying to diminish, but someone was like, yeah, that was on at the old Vic Bristol old Vic where she was doing the writing workshop wow. there, and it's this really fun thing, and I think that's what sometimes when people something from Plath kind of smashes their heart open, they want to work out how she got to the point to understand that. Have you read Sally Rooney, actually? No. So Sally Rooney's two (coughs) two novels are so brilliant. She's incredibly young, and actually she's the kind of person who disproves all of this because you're like, she just understands. Ah. But I think it's interesting when I read Conversations with Friends, which is excellent. Is that Sally Rooney? That's her first novel. She's just just so ridiculous. But her second one, Normal People... And she's writing now? Yeah, so she just wrote that. This is That was like novel of the year this year, I think. I feel like I want to ask more... Like, uh, I t- maybe trashy is the wrong word, but more like, got like gossipy again. Gossipy has like too many conversations, but I want to be like, who's your favorite character? Who's your oh, least yeah. favorite character? What's your favorite? Can bit I say in the what I like stories? about these books in general? And it's also why I love Iris Murdoch so much. Is that they, what what disasters in your own life, like when you love someone, they don't love you back, or there's infidelity, those kind of things. When you have them in the scope of a story or a saga. People just recover and they age and they have and everything seems survivable. But that's also what she's talking about in Days of Abandonment yeah. when she's interviewed about it. Yeah. And obviously, she doesn't give interviews, but in the answers that she gives in writing, she says that um, she's not trying to depict the man here as a bad person. He is also trying to escape a situation that is no mm. longer for him. Yeah, and that involves leaving somebody. Mm which has these devastating consequences. But she subscribes to um, difference feminism, which I'm not familiar with. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But oh, she's, God, no. She's, she's likes the fact that the differences between men and women are now becoming more obvious. Again, I think this would bother oh, you. Oh, yeah, some people call it Darwinian feminism, oh. don't they? That know. worries me because then I'm like, oh, I bet they haven't read as much Darwin as Robin has. <laughs> I, I, I you want him back, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be good, he'd be like, well, of course, uh, Darwin, and uh, I can't even do an ex- a reasonable Do you know when he, of it. I, on No Such Things as Fish, they had an amazing fact last week, which was that when he first handed in um, uh, The Origin of the Species, they said you should concentrate on pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> Just write about pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there a pigeon market? Well, you know that, they, that, they said they said everyone likes pigeons. Do you know that Tyson has got a pigeon collection? Mike Tyson. Oh. Because when I worked at the, doc, uh, the Discovery Channel, they made a whole documentary about him racing his pigeons, oh which seemed God. really in conflict with everything that he'd recently been successfully convicted for. Yeah. But he was there with his pigeons, wow. and uh, yeah. they found well, Hitler loved his dogs, didn't he? Like. Well, also, People it's easy complex. to love a pigeon. A pigeon isn't going to say, I think that you've been really controlling. A pigeon's going to yeah. be like, oh, you gave me some grain. Yeah. You, like, it's yeah. a very, it's a much easier... They're quite village. brutal as well, pigeons, if you watch them. Oh, so he's thrilled about that. He's like... Oh, no, I don't think that he mm. was. He's, in this depiction of him, he was quite gentle. Mm. But I think if you watch a pigeon down at the old Trafalgar Square, they're vicious little Yeah. Bastards. Oh, they need to survive. I feel like this is, I feel like we haven't. I didn't get to just yes. talk about Nino being a villain. Okay. In a way that I okay. Would you like to do that? Um, so I, what do you think? Another being a villain, um, or just an opportunist? Um, no, vain, 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 vain. Yes, I think he's a villain. Like from the get go, I was like, I hate him. He's not worthy of any of them. And then all the way through, I was like, I knew it. 
And every time he did something, I'd be like, I fucking told, I said so. Yeah. But he is just the victim of his own vanity, narcissism, as is everybody else, because it's very appealing. You must have met people like this, male oh, and female, who are so self-involved that it's captivating. They're like it, a heat lamp. So there's an amazing, yeah. actually a really uh, interesting book to mention alongside these ones is Claire Dederer's Love and Trouble. So she's I've American. I've my little notepad here. I keep she's writing all American. I, she, it's so fantastic. And there's a... There's a, it's non-fiction, she's writing, it's autobiographical. And Love and Trouble. And she's talking about this man, so she's a, she's a writer, and she's a, a, a writing, uh, like a, like almost like Hay, kind of, yeah, festive, writer's festival, and this guy, she knows that he's flirting, she's, she's so happily married, she's such a happily married woman with children, and he's flirting with her a bit, and actually what's making her analyse herself is how it makes her feel, and, and she realises after he kisses her that it was just being a passenger, letting someone else drive it, it wasn't huh. anything active, and then... She has this email relationship with him for years and she t- sends him huge, long emails huh. and, and waits for these replies. And again, it's like she's so fascinated with what's, what's going on in her body. Mm. And, it's, and that, for me, it was the first time of reading about any kind of infidelity and emotional infidelity, mostly in that case, which was just about pushing herself to the boundaries or seeing what she would do or let him do. And seeing who she is. Yes, in exactly. Through a new prism. Yeah, and again, that, um, actually to go back to what we were saying earlier, for her as a mother who's so devoted, there's this part of her life which was suddenly just her, just completely secret. And it was only who she... He was getting a version of her that only he got. Wow. Um, yes, yeah, so I totally man- understand You can manifest that. yourself in different ways. But, that yeah. happens in um, The Lost Daughter. But the other thing that's really brilliant about Claire Dedder's book is she talks a lot about crying all the time. Her and her best friend just cry all the time <laughs> for no reason. They're just all the time for no reason, just wa- weeping and walking. And, they're pregnant. And still having, no, no, they're menopausal. <laughs> oh. They're both menopausal and she's just cr- they're crying all the time oh. and they're still having these discussions about what artists. <laughs> it's so oh, brilliant. That sounds oh, it's a really. She has a description of having sex and what things you have to do to have sex in a long-term relationship, which is... <laughs> Is the funniest, most ugly truth. And what's the name of the book again, please? Love and Trouble. I it's really brilliant. Well, like, it's funny yeah. as well because, like, I can really identify with that from like my life. Like, whenever I'm like, whenever in my life I've had periods where I'm like single and like, I, what I like to do is develop very intense romantic friendships with a man where mm. we share everything yeah. in a secret way. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's a test of like finding out where you are. Mm. at that point and trying to create something really special and hidden and and private that's like your rich experience I think I must have I must have been the one with my head up my own ass I thought I was having the most terrific time no you just didn't need someone else to show you that about yourself you were bloody doing it yourself I I think it's interesting when I look back I remember some guys at university and they were the kind of people that if they walked into a room they'd say hi to you and then they'd look over your shoulder Mm. to see who else was Uh in the room and I found those people very appealing and I wonder to what extent I am one of those that's why you became a comedian so you could go to the Pleasance Courtyard and recreate that experience you could have hundreds of hundreds of men do that every yeah. Well, it's like, have you ever been to a... I worked very briefly in PR. I was, I was yeah. always looking for some writing job or other and I ended up in some terrible places. Anyway, never mind. I remember being at one particular party and that was the sort of thing. You know, mm. t- one person would touch your waist whilst mm. blowing an air kiss at someone else. Yeah. And oh, too smiling much. At it's extraordinary to watch. It's, it's, a, it's like a sort of mating ritual yeah. that is so finely balanced that if it was to go wrong, yeah. everyone would just fall over yeah. simultaneously. Some but it's incredible to see when it's going right. If that is right, I use... I use them of those, what do you call these? Air quotes. 
Air quotes, quotes, yeah. Is that what you t- I don't even know. Yeah, air quotes. Um, I, we, I know that we have to wrap up. Okay. Um, we haven't got through to the... We haven't started talking about the Neapolitan novels. I really don't think we have. <laughs> um, but we've had... Look, it's because the, the, the gauntlet was the beginning was no spoilers. <laughs> so, no, yeah. It's like spoilers. <laughs> yeah, no, spoil. Tanya said. So, you got, so what you're saying is I'm so sorry for absolutely sabotaging your podcast, No, but I think Josie. maybe hopefully we've, we've said enough to make people go like, oh, that does sound like the kind of book I'd like. I think my really friend is the one that you start off with and it is yeah. Absolutely. And you have to read them in order. Yes, you must. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Also, it's made me... I really, really want to go to Naples. Oh, so much to Ischia. Yeah. Is- Ischia? Yeah, Ischia. I want to go Ischia. there. I don't know how to say it. I'm and so sorry. And reread them. And I would also say that if you have any aspirations of your own to write and you read My Brilliant Friend and you want to dive into the Thames... Um, <laughs> Don't panic. Yeah, we'll read the no- novellas. <laughs> yeah. After you've read the whole masterpiece, and yes. then you'll have this full sense of um, the possi- for possibility, or at least development, or at least that you can get from A to B, and then then you'll um, then that will go to. But also the idea that <laughs> someone the terms. that someone as gifted as her had a ten year gap between novels because she and personally and abs- didn't feel also, what yeah, she was that, writing. Whilst confidence. writing, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But it's I, heartbreaking. But she she said it's not about I. The way she talks about it wasn't about lack of confidence. It was about she didn't think that those she wanted it. She some of the mm. she said that some of her books that she'd written and she said she could have published one every six months. Mm. I mean, so we're talking about yeah, power. That's unfortunately yeah. when I got depressed again because yeah. this woman is an insane writer. She can't stop writing. I think that she's not on Candy Crush. That's what yes. I think. I would think. I bet she hasn't got a smartphone. She's not on Instagram. Have you seen Hamilton? Oh. No. So, so the, the, they keep describing him, and it's really lovely to remember, um, writing like he thinks he's going to run out of time. Oh. Yeah. And it's that same thing of just staying up all night. There was, at, this, at this point with the founding fathers, they made this decision to write nine essays, and it suddenly became, I think, like upwards of 60 essays, or maybe 80, and he'd written 56 of them. <laughs> so it was like Washington <laughs> wrote two, <laughs> someone else wrote two, and he'd just written all of them. Oh, God, the must have been so pissed yeah. off and this him. is what she said she said that um she said lots of the books that she uh, wrote that didn't weren't published mm. she said they wrapped themselves up you know they were resolved and that's not it turns out that's not who she sees herself as mm. being so that's not about um a lack of confidence i don't think she's trying to penetrate she knew something what she was trying deeper. to make yeah, she so wants like a to painter going enough. yeah it's a painting's finished but that's not what i was trying to and show i don't think yes. it's lack of confidence i don't okay. think she thinks that those books were good enough for her sure. and i think of wow. anything that's testament to her confidence yes, wow. so she is okay. on a bigger mission yeah yeah and she achieves that mission i think in these but mm. what on earth could she do after these but also as a stand up can you imagine yeah. withdrawing your work so much like for me i like couldn't cope with 10 years of of nobody knowing that I'd done some work. And also for, lots of people, also for lots of people, it's the earning money. You then go, oh, God, I hate she that, works, but I have to though, publish it. Yes. We don't want to co- find out. Yes. I couldn't cope. Well, she's, she acknowledges that she has work uh, in yes. family. Yeah. Um, but I don't know I could cope with 10 sentences without some kind of feedback, yes, positive exactly. or negative. Yeah. But that's why I'm... An audience. Yeah. That's why I'm not... Um, sitting here discussing my masterpiece <laughs> well we've all got plenty of time unless we haven't uh, yes. do we I'm not sure. oh yes yeah, so uh, much time Sarah's about to publish her second book so I think you have um, mm-hmm. you're, you're winning no. Have you published a book? Oh God, no! I I have not. No. Suddenly thought that's very ignorant of me. I could be. No God, no. Also, uh, uh, like. Excuse me, Tanya. What about my third? <laughs> <laughs> no, worse because that's like you've published uh, two books. Have no, you published? No, no. I've not nothing. No. Um, uh, we're wrapping up. I really recommend the books. I think they're fantastic. I think the first one is such a compelling way in. Mm. There's a part in it. The the book is called My Beautiful Friend and My My Beautiful my Friend, brilliant, My Brilliant, brilliant friend. friend. And my favorite part of the first book is the use of that title yeah it is just 
Oh God! I and also, it's, it's so like, I think it's if you're listening to this and you've got a brilliant friend, buy it for them yeah. and then read it at the same time, oh. and it will not have the same impact as the days of abandonment. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't buy that for anyone. Actually. Just at least go online with a synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. It's really exciting Thank to hear you all your recommendations me, yeah. and hear all your talk about the books and stuff like that. And I hope that you guys found this interesting. And goodbye. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to check out the Brain Yapping podcast, our online shop, uh, The Signals Play, The Cosmic Superheroes, all sorts of stuff. Uh, Sign up to the newsletter, find out about that. Uh, Five-star reviews on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, that really helps us out. Thanks to our Patreon supporters. We'll be back next week with a comic special, uh, an update on what's been happening in the world of comics. Robin will be joined by our go-to comics expert, comedian and formerly of Gosh Comics, Nat Metcalf, and also Tom Oldham of Breakdown Press will be in the studio for that episode. That'll be out next Thursday. Have a great week. We will be back then. This podcast is part of the Cosmic Shambles Network. Josie Robbins' book Shambles was produced by Trent Burton of Trunkman Productions. Thank you.